I'm thinking about writing a play about the Oracle at Delphi. Go on. I shall. You know what the Oracle at Delphi is? I heard of it. Okay. Heard of her or Good. them. Her and them. So ancient Greece, a woman in a cave. People line up to ask her questions about the future, and she gives them. And ostensibly, they're, they're from the gods. She's, she's sort of speaking for the gods. Oh, her predictions. Yeah. You know, this was real. This was a real historic fact. Mm-hmm. And there was a real woman in a real cave saying real stuff. And where was it really coming from? To the people at the time, to most people, they were just like, well, it's coming from the gods. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's the whole thing. She's speaking for the gods. She's yeah. giving us what the gods know about the world. It's our, it's our conduit great get out of here (laughs) but assuming you don't believe in the greek gods it had to be something else i was reading about it the other day and what it what it was historians believe is that there was this gas in this cave oh that's why it was where it was because there was this hallucinogenic vent in the ground in the cave that would fill the space she was in with this gas and she would be hallucinating so people would ask her questions and she would just be like having this. She'd be tripping out yeah. of her mind and she would just say stuff brought on by this dr- the, the gas, this wow. cave, huffing cave gas and, and doling out advice. I think it's really interesting because it breaks. I mean, if you go to the, if you consider the Oracle at Delphi to be a source of truth, mm-hmm. you're really just listening to like a stoned lady <laughs> tell you what to do. Yeah. Which is as good as anything. <laughs> I guess that's the point. Yeah. Because like, you go to an oracle and it's because you have a question about the future or a decision you have to make and you, you don't know what to do. Right. And yeah, it doesn't matter if it comes from the gods or if it comes from someone's drug addled mind yeah. because what you're looking for is an answer. Right. You know, it you, impels you, you to some action. Yeah. You show up and you're like, I need to know this thing. And then as long as you trust whoever tells it to mm-hmm. you, that's your future. Yeah. I mean, we've, you've, we've struggled. I say we, I put the emphasis on you because I feel like you, we each have our own neuroses, but you've struggled with decisions when you feel like there are two separate paths Mm -hmm. and and one of them is objectively going to be the right thing. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like having someone there to... (laughs) If I went to the Oracle at Delphi and said, which toy should I get? (laughs) Right. And she said, the Batman. Yeah. I'd be like, awesome, finally. (laughs) And I get the Batman and I'd be so happy. Yeah. Because I'd know it was right because the Oracle said so. Mm -hmm. But the Oracle pulled it out of her butt. (laughs) Jedediah is a man who once was a boy and he wrote down all his feelings in a diary to enjoy now he's reading it again reading it for you maybe you'll recognize yourself too Jetta Diaries, the Jetta Diaries, that's the name of this podcast. And now the song is through. So I don't know what I'd really do with that. I just like the idea of exploring the world in which this woman lived. You know, she shows up, she punches the clock, <laughs> she goes into the, the cave, mm-hmm. you know, and she starts inhaling this gas. You know, the people, the people who came to see her to get their questions answered. We're all people just looking for an answer, looking yeah. looking towards an uncertain future and trying to just lock down something. Yeah. They just wanted to know something about what was to come. Mm-hmm. And I think anything would have been enough. Yeah. Anything ended up being enough for them. It gives us 
it gives them some illusion of control over yeah. that which is completely yeah not within our control. Yeah, what a gift. I was recently rereading a G-chat that you and I had. <laughs> One of my favorite pastimes. Eight years ago. Okay. For both of us, it was kind of like a potential turning point. We both felt a little stuck. We both felt like there was a path forward, but we didn't know how to get there. Anyway, yeah. it was one of those conversations where we were both kind of equally sharing our concerns about the future. What yeah. if this thing happens? I hope this thing happens. But we were making assumptions. We were making a lot of assumptions. Based on where we were then. Based on where we were then. Not only where we were, but what the world was in 2010. <laughs> yeah. And looking back eight years later, so much of what has transpired since then was just completely out of our hands for all our fretting and worrying and, and, you know, consideration, there was nothing we could have done in certain senses to affect the trajectory, to affect where we ended up. Your vision of the future is shaped by where you are. Your understanding of the present. Yeah. So, so we couldn't have, yeah, there's, there would have been no way for us or anyone to predict 2018 Mm -hmm. based on 2010. Mm -hmm. When I start worrying about something or I have anxiety about what, what I'm going to do next yeah. or what, what's coming up. Yeah. I future. remind myself, I mean, of course you should be vigilant. Of course you should be considerate and careful in your decisions because you do have some measure of control over where you go. We both live in New York. We didn't like, it was our decision to live here. You know, like we didn't just end up here. Yeah. But that being said, there is so much that is not within our control. There's so much out of our hands. There is this um, economist, psychologist, He's very interested in all we think we know, but that we don't know. This illusion of knowledge, this illusion of control. He says that we really can't predict more than like a week out. Anything beyond that is just a a fantasy. Goodness. Yeah. Hello there, and welcome to week 46 of the Jedi Diaries. I am your host, Jedediah Baker. I'm Tori Paquette. November 13th. Ellen is here. Dad's girlfriend. I went to Matt's. I rented Aladdin for Sega. I beat it. It was fun. Mom's coming back tomorrow. I think I remember playing that game. I never came close to beating it. A difference between you and I. (laughs) Yeah. Not much of note on this day. Book ended by information about the physical whereabouts of the various Ellens in my life. Went to Matt's. Mm-hmm. Beat a video game. November 14th. I took a bath. I washed my hair. <laughs> I played my saxophone. I bought a SF2 G.I. Joe. Bodhi was acting weird. Did we go back in time? <laughs> this does feel like sixth grade again. Oh my god. Out of nowhere. Yeah. What happened? From the G.I. Joe to, <laughs> to the bath. <laughs> the bath to the Bodhi. This feels like the past mm-hmm. all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. There is one more line in this entry. Oh. That is something different. Withheld. Me and Matt didn't finish the survey. <laughs> the survey. Now what do you think that's about? You have no idea what the survey is? No, me and Matt didn't finish the survey. What survey? I remember doing... Like a land survey? <laughs> this is like we like a clipboard and paper and that kind of survey? Yeah. Yeah. Computer class. I remember doing a survey in computer class. Okay. I don't know why computer class. Okay. Tell me about it. I remember making 
phone calls, like cold calls, and asking people something about TV Guide. <laughs> what? I don't remember. <laughs> Just random phone numbers in the phone book? I don't know how, but Barney, Barney the dinosaur, <laughs> is involved in this. This is very strange. That's all I can say. <laughs> Was he maybe on the cover of the TV guide in question? Maybe. I feel like we're in memento all of a sudden. <laughs> maybe I'm placing the emphasis on the TV guide, but actually Barney was on the cover, and that was the reference we were using, and Barney was the subject of the survey, not the TV guide, but because... Oh, my goodness. Now it's starting to ring a bell to me. Really? Was it like Was it character recognition? Was it like, do you know... I don't know. Do you know Barney the dinosaur? This was around the time there was a big Barney backlash people hated barney I, they did people hated barney like barney, for those of you who may not know what i don't know if barney is still around but yeah barney was a dinosaur from our imagination mm-hmm. oh what is the music that's the that's the theme song but i can't remember yeah. the rest of it purple big goofy mm-hmm. kids loved him but kids apparently he, he wore out his welcome like the teletubbies which came a little uh-huh. later I think he was very annoying to adults yes. and to slightly older kids. Yeah. I love you. You love me. We're a happy family. Yeah. It's very annoying. But for some reason... But kids loved him. Yeah. Barney bashing became a very popular huh. thing. You were kind of trying to measure public sentiment about Barney? Maybe. Kind of quantify the extent of the backlash? Yeah. Maybe. Okay. That sounds like a valuable study. <laughs> and whatever me and Matt were supposed to be surveying, we didn't do it. Yeah. November 15th. It is really late. I can't write much. Uh, I wrote a story. Me and Matt went out in the rain to do our survey. (laughs) I love We didn't get any of them done. Oh my god. Good night. The survey. (laughs) What is this survey? We went out in the rain door to door. Sounds like door to door. We went out in the rain to do our survey and got precisely zero of them done. Nobody. Were people slamming the doors? (laughs) Just two soaking wet little boys showing up in the middle of a rainstorm. Why would you open the door? I wouldn't. But we had no choice because we didn't do it on Sunday. (laughs) Right. We 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 were behind the eight ball. Yeah. You should have looked at the forecast. Do you remember that man that came to our school? <laughs> I don't. This man came to our school and, and he spoke to us for some reason in band. It was a fundraiser. Okay. He showed us all the prizes we could get okay, if, yeah. at certain levels, at mm-hmm. certain tiers. Like this if is, we sold is... 200 tickets, I don't know tickets to what, but yeah. you know. To the raffle. At like the 200 or 300 ticket level, the prizes were incredible to a 12 year old oh like what like a snowmobile not that incredible but compared to for example we were in the cub scouts the boy scouts for a while you get like a stuffed animal yeah compared to that these were off the charts i remember a nerf gun oh oh, uh, toys that you would actually yeah yeah. they were all toys okay and i remember really committing myself to selling all these tickets and, and getting one of those and it was i was reminded by you and matt going door to door because i really pounded the pavement and Yeah, I just got a bunch of doors slamming in my face. (laughs) People didn't want it. How many tickets? Did you get the Nerf gun? I didn't come close to getting anything. I didn't even get the first level of prizes. That feels a little exploitative to me. The getting these kids. Yeah, to show kids a bunch of cool prizes. And and basically, 200 seems possible, but you went out and you were like, wow. I mean, no. Yeah. You'll never get there. Yeah. you'll You'll have these kids working themselves ragged for a goal they'll never get to. 
you know, when a Boy Scout or a Girl Scout comes to your door, everybody knows what that is. They've got, there's yeah, no, they have, there's the, no they have the majesty of the organization behind yeah, them. Yeah, there's no pitch necessary. Mm-hmm. I think what we were doing, it wasn't like a charity, so it didn't tug at the heartstrings. <laughs> it wasn't a recognized organization. Man. It was too hard. I had a sales pitch that was like three minutes long and they didn't want to hear it. <laughs> I couldn't get it sub two and a half minutes. <laughs> I do. It's curious that I this entry I say it is really late. I can't write much, and then I write exactly as much as I always do. Mm-hmm. You pulled it out. Yeah, and that day I wrote a story. I know. Well, that's you were probably spent from the story writing, <laughs> but I still wrote what I always write. <laughs> uh, you just felt you you said everything you had to say that day, and then you were surprised to see. <laughs> There's more left, more ink left in my pen, <laughs> metaphorically. November 16th. It is 9.47. I played with Bodhi a lot. I hate surveys. <laughs> I don't... <laughs> Matt doesn't want to do them. Oh. I don't know why. I can't wait till Xmas. Dad got a Playboy a couple of days ago. <laughs> Bodhi is funny. <laughs> Really ping-ponging all over the I developmental know. kind of charts here. I know why Matt doesn't want to do them. <laughs> why? Well, you, you hate them. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Presumably Matt know, hates them. Well, it sounds like he was being, like, incredibly stubborn. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I didn't like doing them. I hated them, right. in fact. But you were still uh, going to do But I was still going to do them. We had to. And yeah. it sounds like Matt was halting, halting our progress yeah. due to his, for some reason, mm-hmm. that I didn't know why mm-hmm. then. But you better believe I'm going to find out right now you don't remember in november of seventh grade kind of wandering around morrisville in the rain attempting and failing to do some surveys <laughs> i mean no like i'm trying really hard to to remember that and i feel like like i can almost picture it but i think i'm just painting a picture i don't yeah. know that it's a genuine yeah. memory let me read you the next day Wait, i hate sur- monday this is now tuesday <laughs> spread out over three days. Four days. <laughs> okay, good. I hate surveys. Matt doesn't want to do them. I don't know why. Wait, you just said you hate them. <laughs> I know. Tori pointed that out as well. But I think maybe you were being a bit... You, you, it was something we had to do, and I think yeah. I can imagine you kind of almost refusing yes i i feel like i'm i am probably in the wrong here like you're like well we need to get this done yeah and I'm, like it doesn't yeah. matter it doesn't matter that you don't want to do like we have to do them it's not an yeah. option to not do no them. i definitely I, again i don't necessarily have key memory but i mm-hmm. i mean i know myself and like especially that well even now but especially then yeah i'm sure i was being a little asshole and like just refusing to to help with a project that clearly we are meant to be doing together, whatever the hell this is. It's unbelievable to me that this is not, not none of us can come up with anything. Well, I guess sorry, did come up currently with TV Guide and Barney, but yeah, it's super believable to me. It, like whatever we did, we didn't. It didn't have any impact on our lives. We hated doing yeah, it. it. We probably tried to forget it immediately. <laughs> I guess. I mean, I, the one thing is does conjure is like my tendency to be such a jerk i feel like i was with you especially like i don't tori and i would not i I don't know we wouldn't have those problems like i'm sure you were probably actually angry with me 
Well, here's here's the thing, though. I know from doing this podcast that the reason this kind of thing wouldn't have happened with Tori is because he wouldn't have wanted to do it either, and he, then he just wouldn't have done it. Yes. No, I think and that, in, that's what in I was going to say. In this case, it was a little bit of oil and water in terms of, like, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, feelings about doing schoolwork. Like, yeah. not doing – just not doing it, which is, I think, what you were probably pushing for – <laughs> was just inconceivable to me. I couldn't. Yeah. That's like not an option. And you were just yeah. like, "Fuck this! I'm not, I don't want to do it, so I'm not going to do it." And I was like, "We can't do that." Tori would have agreed, and we we would have talked a lot about it and like ta- given a bunch of reasons why we didn't want to do it and why yeah. maybe it was okay. And then you would have judged like, the results. Yes, we would have. We would have made up some results. <laughs> Meanwhile, Mr. Goody T we have to go out. It has to be real. Either there was something else I wanted to do, or I just really didn't want to do that. And I was yeah. probably like, we can, like you said, we can fudge it, or it won't matter, <laughs> or, yeah. or I don't know. But uh, yeah, well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I probably was super frustrating for you because you wanted to just get it done. And I, yeah. you know, I'm sure it would have been done days earlier. Had I not procrastinated on it and made us then have to go out in the rain. Uh, well, apology accepted. I'd like to point out that I, I called you up. I didn't call you up to find out what the surveys were. I called you up to find why you hated them because that was the question I had 25 years ago, and that question's been answered. I think that yeah. is. I think that's maybe something I didn't know then. And the next day, I haven't read this story yet, but the next day is uh, starts with on, on Wednesday. Me and Matt finished the surveys. Oh, okay. So it's a happy ending. It just took a lot of rain, sweat, and tears. (laughs) November 17th. Me and Matt finished the surveys. Back to the Future 2 is on. I took a shower. It is 9.59. I had drama. Nothing happened today. Toby came to me. Oh. Aw. Toby. Reticent, typically? I don't remember that about him, but perhaps it's because on this day, 25 years ago, he started being the friendly cat that I recall. (laughs) Came to me all on his own. shift. You and Matt finished the survey. Surveys. We finished the surveys at long last, against all odds. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry. It, it, I, you may have heard me hesitate as I read this entry. It was actually uh, 9.54. Okay. Not 9.59. I think that's important to, that to get right. No, yeah. Not quite as late. Five minutes earlier. Mm-hmm. Back to the Future. The Back to the Future trilogy is one of my favorite film films. It's my favorite set of, one of my favorite set of films. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is where it began, I suppose. Yeah. Back to the Future 2, not not this day, right. but I do like what this tells us about television in the 1990s. Yeah. In that we have two facts that lock this entry in place temporarily, mm-hmm. and it is that it is 9.54, right. and Back to the Future 2 is on mm-hmm. at that moment. Mm-hmm. The only There's a sentence in between, I took a shower. Mm-hmm. Um, I imagine, I don't think that's linear. I think I'm reporting something that already happened. Mm-hmm. That's not interesting, necessarily, well, but... It is a rare occurrence of the diary actually recording a mm-hmm. fact stuck in time. Mm-hmm. On Wednesday, November 17th, 1993, mm-hmm. Back to the Future 2 was on television just before 10 p.m. Yeah. East Coast Standard Time. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's something. 
talk about getting the future wrong. Back to the Future 2 <laughs> takes place uh, three years ago, the future segment <laughs> right. of Back to the Future 2 in 2015, mm-hmm. based on 1985's vision of the future. Now, I'm sure that they, they exaggerated some things to make it a more interesting yeah. film, but wow, mm-hmm. they got it so wrong. Yeah, they did. The Jaws franchise. <laughs> <laughs> the flying cars, all that. All they knew is what we knew up until 1985. Mm-hmm. And you have to kind of just extrapolate from that and, yeah. and, and guess. If one thing doesn't go the way you thought it was going to go, it throws everything off. We really can't know. We can't I know. get I, Not knowing more than a week ahead feels about right to me. In 1989, I've used this example before, not in the context of 1989, but that was 1989. I mean, within shooting distance of the internet, the rise of the internet. But at that point, people were just making all these assumptions about the future and the internet wasn't, again, it was like, some people (laughs) were aware of a network of computers, but But they weren't taking that into account because they couldn't have because it didn't exist. Yeah. Good Lord. So to not- The future is entirely unknowable. Yeah. Thank God for fiction. Thank God for science fiction. (laughs) Cause it's okay. We can make it up. Mm -hmm. One of them has got to be right. Mm Mm-hmm. One movie that I can think of in which they were trying to be very accurate. Children of Men. No, but that's, I mean, I like that one too. I, I was going to say Minority Report. They convened oh. like a bunch of futurists and scientists. Oh. I mean, Spielberg did. And they spent so much time trying to imagine, based on where technology was, where they thought we were going, what the world would look like 50 years from 2002, which is when it came out. Yeah. I think. I mean, that movie is still relatively recently in the past. It came out 16 years ago. But I was at a outlet today. A what? Like a shopping mall oh, okay. outlet. <laughs> and um, I'm surprised at the frequency with which I say, oh, this reminds me of Minority Report, about oh. technology, emerging technologies. There's like a mall map. Yeah. There's a mall map. No. And you can manipulate it like... It's not quite as cool as Minority Report. Not with your hands in the air. No, no. It's a a screen. You're touching it. Okay. You can like like, move it around. Whip things back and forth. Yeah. And I said to Neha, this is like Minority Report. (laughs) What did she say to that? She said, oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Well, I mean, and they took a stab and they got it close Mm -hmm. and we'll probably get there. Yeah. I can't help but think that in five years something will happen and it'll veer off completely some some yeah some rock will be tossed into the road of the future yeah but for Um, 16 years out still on still on course i think so november 18th i went to see the worst high school play in the world it was very funny (laughs) i want to clarify real quick that is the title that's in quotes Mm mm-hmm the worst high school play in the world is the title. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that play? I don't. There's more to this entry. It's 10-11. Uh-oh. I had Chinese food for dinner. Mm-hmm. We're getting the three-in-one P slash H slash TT tomorrow. Now, what on earth? Yeah, help me. Do you think is a three-in-one PHTT? I don't know. I know. Do but you? I'm not going to tell you. It's going to be revealed, you think? I'm looking ahead to the next day, and yeah, it is. Okay. But I want you to stay in suspense. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any ideas what a 3-in-1 PHTT might be before I tell you? I don't. If it's very obvious, I'm going to feel a fool. It's not, and you won't. Okay. What do you think? 
I've done this a couple of times recently. I say the time and then I say, uh oh, yeah. what do you think that's about? I have this feeling I remember from, from being younger, like 10. Mm-hmm. 10 o'clock was the cutoff. Yeah. After 10, it was late. Yeah. Is that true to you? Yeah, that makes sense. I think after 10, I start to get nervous. Now or as a, as a child? Now. Oh, really? Yeah. So now I have, I don't like this, but now midnight mm-hmm. is is the kind of the, the line yeah. between it is good to go to bed, it is bad to go to bed yeah. after this. And when I was younger, 10 o'clock was like... That's it. It's when TGIF was over. It's time to go to sleep. I had Chinese food for dinner by myself, perhaps. Don't know. I don't know. It's not not we. I have spelled Chinese with a lowercase c and three e's. Mm. So Chinese. Mm -hmm. November 19th. Ellen is here. We went to Skate World or something. It was stupid. (laughs) We got the three-in-one tournament table. I wish I had a girlfriend. Hmm. Smiley face. Hmm. It's the three-in-one tournament table. Yeah. What the hell is that? Well, play it out. What do you think a three-in-one tournament tournament table might be? Also knowing that the two letters were P and H. Mm-hmm. Ping pong? No, but that's very close. Mm-hmm. I'm proud of you. You're starting out strong table hockey or whatever that's dh oh hockey okay what do you think the p is pool he got it tori well done i remember this thing it was an event uh you know i i'm I'm anticipating it on thursday on friday dad probably goes to ames picks it up brings it home three in one (laughs) tournament table oh is that your dad's apartment yeah oh yeah well ellen was there so i'm assuming i don't remember playing uh table hockey or pool at your dad's place if i knew you had a pool table i would have come over with more frequency there might be a reason for this Mm -hmm. but we'll get into it next week (laughs) for now speaking of the future and speaking of chinese food Mm -hmm. i've been saving these two fortune cookies all year uh for us to eat on the show so i can't wait they're pretty old with fortune cookies how do you choose what fortune cookie to open when there's more than one fortune cookie and more than one person. I always go to the left. Not just with fortune cookies, with anything. Really? Yeah. Why is that? I don't know. I know left is unlucky for some people. Interesting. Or traditionally, left yeah, is unlucky. Yeah, yeah but for I whole always, countries. I go, uh, I go left. Huh. Mm-hmm. That must make decisions like this very easy for you. Yeah. My left, so as not to cause any kind of confusion. Of course. Do you remember when you came up with that? Before I was 10. Wow. Yeah. No, but I used to have to walk upstairs and make sure that my left foot was the one that reached the top step. Oh, is this an OCD thing? I think so. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I've always understood that the way you choose fortune cookies is you throw them on the table mm-hmm. and then you pick the one that's pointing at you. Oh. Which luckily in this case is the cookie on, on your left. They're both pointing at me, right? Okay. So then either one is fine. I'll take the one on the left. Great. And I'll take the one on my left. Huh. I also like to try and break the cookie open with one hand and extricate the fortune with that same hand. Huh. I've never done that before. Do you want to go first? Sure. I'm excited to hear it. Mutual assistance in despair will make the ugly situation more fair. 
mutual assistance in despair will mm-hmm. make the ugly situation more fair. Mm-hmm. I mean, misery loves company. Mm-hmm. Sounds like. There's a couple of kinds of fortune. One is just a truism, mm-hmm. and the other is a prediction. Yeah. Let's see which one mine is. Love truth, but pardon error. Hmm. Should that be our new slogan for the podcast? <laughs> Love truth, but pardon error. I don't understand. One doesn't really seem to follow out of the other. Mm-hmm. It's like you should love truth, but yeah. pardon error. It's like oh, I was gonna, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't gonna not pardon error yeah. while I was loving truth. But <laughs> right, okay, you know, love truth. That's easy. I mm-hmm. love truth. Who doesn't? Mm-hmm. And this podcast is about finding the truth. I mm-hmm. think at least to the extent of which that which it can be found. Mm-hmm. But pardon error. I mean, I think it's like. That's what we're doing on this show. We're loving truth mm-hmm. and we are forgiving others and ourselves yeah. for the mistakes we have made in the past. Yeah, that's good. These are really stale. <laughs> Jeddah Diaries, Jeddah Diaries. That's the name of this podcast. And now this episode is through. <laughs> 